This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. When we look inside of ourselves, what aspect of Christ really are we displaying? How are you supporting and and pouring yourselves out for the good of the rest of the body? Or do you come in on any given Sunday or Wednesday or men's meeting or women's meeting and you come and you sit and you take up space? God did not create you just to suck air. God created you and He called you to Himself for purpose. Pastor David wants us to realize that even though we are one body, we are all individual members that even though we are individual members, we all work together as a body. Just as with an actual physical body, the hand or knee can't survive on its own, so we can't survive without the body of Christ. God has called us to be a member of His body for an effective, powerful, and individual purpose. What aspect of Christ are you displaying within His body? Let's join Pastor David in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 4. For the conclusion of our message entitled, The Need for Our Diversity Within Our Unity. See there, the the body as a whole. The whole body, he says. We see there the need for each portion of that body. And we also see the responsibility of each portion of the body. Every part doing its share. What does that mean? Well, if you take it down into the Greek and you translate it correctly, what it really means is, Every part doing its share. That means the whole of the community of believers together, working and moving for the cause of Christ. Every part within the community of believers doing their share. The unfortunate reality is within the church today, and not just the church outside of Calvary Chapel of Casagrande, but also including Calvary Chapel of Casagrande. 20% of the people do 80 or 90% of the work. And that's the unfortunate reality of the church today. The unfortunate reality of the church today is that probably about 20% of the people do about 80% of the giving and the support of the ministry. Now, I don't know how much any of you give, and I praise God for that. But I am told, again, through the records that we have, that it is about 20% of the people that give about 80% of what it takes to do the ministry, the work of ministry for this fellowship within our community and around the world. Now, I say that, and yet at the same time, I have to say, I know that we are a giving people. We are blessed, and I've seen our fellowship stand up in some powerful ways and and rise up to the occasion, and I'm blessed by that mightily. Whenever a cause or a need is brought before us, you have stood in the gap and you've risen to that occasion and we're blessed by that. But as we, as the body of believers, come together, we need to realize the necessity of all of us being a part of the work, all of us being a part of the ministry, not just the paid staff, not just the leaders or the elders, not just the teachers or the leaders of various ministries, but all of us being involved in the work of ministry. Look with me, if you would, in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 4. Paul writing again, he says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. 
So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, one of the things I want you to understand about this message this morning, we're not going to get into the gifts and the various uh, assortment of gifts and the, the purposes and the definitions of those. I think many times we, too often, the church looks at these gifts and the, the focus becomes on the gifts rather than really what Paul is saying both here in Romans. It's not so much the focus on the gifts as it is the focus of the reality that all of us are working together as one unit. And we're working for the greater good of the whole rather than for our own selves. And it becomes this idea of the focus being toward God and not toward me. Well, what is my gift? What is my ministry? Well, those are important things, and you need to look at that. But the focus needs to be toward the greater whole. Paul goes on here, and he speaks about how we need to live as believers. Still in Romans chapter 4, now in verse 10, he says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, but being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Do you realize what he just said? We serve the Lord by, again, being affectionate to one another, by giving preference to one another, by, again, being fervent in spirit. We're serving the Lord when we serve and we minister to each other. Verse 12, he goes on, he says, rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, and given to hospitality. But, Pastor, that's not my gift. That's not what it says here. He's saying this to all believers, that all of us need to be given to hospitality. And that does require some of you stretching. I know that, and I understand. There are those that have the gift of hospitality. Man, their home is wide open, their lives are wide open, they're always just reaching out. But, you know, every one of us is part of the body of Christ. We need to be given to hospitality. He goes on to say, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. How can I rejoice with those who rejoice? It's easy for me to weep with those who weep. Okay? I'll just be honest with you here. But if something really great happens to somebody, and I'm having a really bad day, it's hard for me to rejoice for you if my day is going bad. But yet, the Word doesn't give us that, that caveat. It doesn't give us that opportunity to say, well, except for certain days. The fact is, is I can rejoice when you rejoice because of my care, because of my love for you, because of my relationship with you as part of the body of Christ. When you rejoice, I can rejoice. When you mourn, regardless of what's going on in my life, man, I ought to be brokenhearted for you also. And he goes on. He says, be of the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. In other words, the, the class listing for the church is to be totally done away with. Within the church, there should be no racial barriers. There should be no society ba- barriers. There should be no barriers or uh, levels of, of anything at all. 
He says we are to associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That means that I'm supposed to do everything I can to live in peace with the people that are around me. Everything that I possibly can. And we know that there are some people that it is just impossible to live at peace with. But you know what? We better be doing all that we can so that we can say, you know what? As far as it was possible with me, I've tried to make peace with this individual. Folks, this is the the working of the body of Christ as one body and with one focus. Not with individual focus, but with that one greater focus of the kingdom of God and God's desire and God's direction within the body of Christ. It's for the glory of God in mind for all that we do and not my own place, not my own position or my own selfishness. The only way that the body can function in this manner is by heeding what Paul has told them at the very beginning of this chapter in Romans 12. Look back up to verse 1, if you would. In the very beginning, Paul says, this is how this is done within the body of Christ. This is the only way that this can be done within the body of Christ. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, this is kind of the bottom standard of where we ought to be, is that we submit our lives as a living sacrifice to the Lord. But he goes on. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. Listen, church. I say this to everyone who is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Do you see how this is the only way, really, that the body is going to be able to work as we've been designed and as we've been called by God to work, is if there is that real and true humility within the body of Christ? And we look at each other in a level ground as we look again in ministering to each other when we come into a place and we think, what's in this for me? No, that's not how we look. We come into a place and we think, man, Lord, what can I do? Why am I here? What have you called me to in this place? Why is this place my church home versus some other place? What is there within this body of believers that you want me to be involved in, actively a part of? Do you understand the importance of all of this? Again, if we are ever to be able to impact our community for Christ, is that the body of Christ has to be working in the correct way, form, and fashion. It's the only way we're going to be able to impact our community. It's the only way that the church is going to be able to impact the world. Now, not to belabor the point, but again, to simply drive it home just a little bit more, to to address it more, because for me, repetition works, okay? But go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Still Paul writing, saying a very similar thing, but in a different way, and driving it home, hopefully, a little bit deeper for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to begin down in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Paul writes, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. 
For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And then I love Paul's humor in what he's about to say here. He says, why, if the foot were to say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, well, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given great greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism or no division within the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and yet your members individually. Do you catch the focus? Do you catch the understanding that 1 Corinthians 12, he says, the body is one, but yet there's many members. He says there's many members, yet one body. You are the body of Christ, and yet you're members individually. In Romans 12, he says, but we being many, we're one body in Christ. We're individual members of one another. And then back in Ephesians, where we're at this morning, back up in verse 4, he had told us, there's one body, there's one spirit, just as we are called with one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Beloved, if you are part of the body of Christ, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've come by faith to receive Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, you need to understand that God has brought you to Himself, God has called you to Himself for a purpose and for a reason. And it's much more than just saving you from an eternity in hell. It's for you to be an effective and a powerful part within the body of Christ. Every one of us are called for that. Some are teachers. Some are placed in places up front. But there are others that work in the backgrounds that are so necessary and needful within the body of Christ. All of us are necessary. All of us are called. All of us have reason. All of us have purpose. As we look back at Ephesians 4.16, Paul tells us very clearly, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying or the building up of itself in love. I want to leave you with these thoughts. There is a responsibility of the leadership of this fellowship. We have a distinct 
and particular responsibility. And that responsibility is to equip and to edify or build up the body of Christ. Paul is very clear about that here in Ephesians 4. And that leadership includes not only the pastoral staff, it includes the elders, it includes ministry leaders, it includes the teachers. All those who have any area of responsibility of leadership have that calling within their lives to be part of those who are equipping and edifying or building up the body of Christ. And so my question to all of you is this, are we doing our part? Are we as the leadership, the pastoral staff, the elders, the teachers, the ministry leaders, are we doing our part? Are we fulfilling our responsibility before God to you as the congregation? All of us as leaders, any of us as leaders, we want to be doing the right thing before God and before the people. Not that we become men-pleasers by any stretch of the imagination, but if we're missing in areas... Then we need to know that. We need to understand that because, you know, we are men and women just like you are and we're susceptible to mistakes and to, to oversights. And so we need to hear from you. But please, when you speak the truth to us, speak the truth in love, okay? We want to hear. And even if it's something that's hard that we need to hear because it's our responsibility to hear and to know how we are doing for the body of Christ. But you know what? There's also a responsibility that you have. You as the saints, you as part of the body of believers, this membership within this fellowship. And again, our membership is, 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 is pretty informal. If you declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you hang around here more than three Sundays, we're probably going to put you to work someplace, okay? That's just kind of how our membership works. But if you are a member here, you have a responsibility. And now I want to speak the truth to you in love. And you need to hear that it is in love. Because I care about you. I care about your tomorrow and your next week. I care about your families. I care about your children. I care about your part and portion within the body of Christ. And again, I want to preface this by saying that I am blessed to be the pastor here. And I've seen the faithfulness of so many within this congregation, spiritual growth in so many that have come into this fellowship and been a part. We've seen some of you come to Christ and follow Him in baptism and actively and effectively working and involved in ministry, and that's so exciting to see. We've seen some, again, be able to, to, to get over the hurdles of, of personal and, and family trials that, that they're going through, and what a blessing that is to see that. And yet at the same time, we all need to hear and we all need to receive in our hearts a few things I want to share. Your responsibility as part of the local body is what every joint supplies, by what every part does its share. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we are currently in a culture of consumerism. And our culture is one that simply goes at it with what's in it for me. And if I don't get, you know, my ears tickled, if I don't get my needs met immediately, if it's not good for me, then I'm just going to skip on down the road. Unfortunately, the church has allowed that same mindset, that same culture to come into the church. But beloved, we are part of the body of Christ. 
And that ought to affect how we treat and how we interact with each other as the church. Not in the mindset of consumerism, not in the mindset of what's in it for me, but it's coming in with the idea that I am part of you. And you are a part of me, and we need to be, again, encouraging to one another. We need to come around one another. We need to be those, as the Word of God says, man, that are, that are strengthening those feeble needs, that are lifting up weary hands, that are bringing encouragement when we see a brother who is caught in a sin, that we who are spiritual would come alongside that one to encourage them and bring them up, not simply to condemn and, and, and point and, 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 and all kinds of things. We're to be those who build up the body of Christ. That's what we're called to be. And the only way that we can be that is when we get our eyes off of ourselves we focus on the reality of Christ in us and us being part of the greatness of his body at work. We are the body of Christ and we ought to have a positive, we ought to have a continual impact on the community that we live. And that's some, for some that's within our homes, for some that's within our schools or our workplaces or our neighborhoods or the greater community of Casa Grande. We as the church ought to have a continual impact, yes, even on the world. Say, well, we're one small little church, what can we do? It was just a handful of disciples that the New Testament says they turned the world upside down. And beloved, I believe that what they did is they took a world that was upside down and turned it right side up. And right now we are upside down again. What can we do as the body of Christ if we were truly living, working, and acting, joined together, every part doing its share, to turn at least our communities right side up? Perhaps even our families right side up. It's a responsibility that we have. When we look inside of ourselves, what aspect of Christ really are we displaying? How are you supporting and and pouring yourselves out for the good of the rest of the body? Or do you come in on any given Sunday or Wednesday or men's meeting or women's meeting, and you come and you sit and you take up space? God did not create you just to suck air. God created you and he called you to himself for purpose. Do you come into a time of fellowship with other believers with that anticipation of how can I be an effective part of people's lives that are around me? Do you come in with that eyes and the mindset of is that brother, is that sister hurting? Is there something that I can be an encouragement? Can I come and just put a hand in another or an arm on the shoulder and speak encouragement or pray for someone who is down? The body as a whole ministering to the body as a whole. When we do that effectively, beloved, there's nothing that can stop us. There's no power in all of hell that can stop us when the church really becomes the church. The Word of God says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church against the church being the church, not just acting the church, not just coming to church, but the church being the church. Are you part of the body, or are you just a consumer? When the world looks at us, what kind of picture of Jesus does it really see? In what ways are we purposefully demonstrating the reality of Christ in me? How do we effectively share the love of Christ to a lost and a dying world that's around us?
Oh, that the church would be the church. That we, as the body of Christ, would once again have a powerful impact on our community and our world. Beloved, I think it's of utmost importance in these last days, as the world itself is getting darker and darker all around us, that the light and the brightness of Christ would shine forth in the greatest way possible in the lives of His children, of His body, of His church. It seems that more and more people are getting caught up in a works-based expression of their faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is the book Pastor David is currently teaching through, Ephesians. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to theopenword.com. And follow the link to the church website. Finally, we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter, The Open Word Radio, or log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link right there on the homepage. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with David Landry. Please join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on The Open Word.